Hello, fellow Jedi. My name is Blair Beveridge, and welcome to Force Ghosts. This is going to be the very first episode of a Star Wars fandom podcast where we really hone in on that old-school Star Wars fan. You know, the kind of fan that perhaps saw the original run of the movies in the theaters in the 70s, if you need a little time frame for you, and really discuss the evolution of this little-known sci-fi million-dollar budget movie that evolved into this Disney juggernaut we have today. On our very first episode, we're going to have Jeff Muller. Now, Jeff is a good friend of mine. He is, amongst other things, the webmaster of TheJerd.com. TheJerd, J-E-R-D, or a combination of jock and nerd, is a website that really focuses on getting that geeky or nerdy person off the couch and into the gym and doing whatever it is they need to do to stay active. Jeff himself is a very active person who's in great physical condition and still has time for all of his fandoms. And he just wants to show that the rest of us can do the same. So again, give him a check out at thejerd.com. So this podcast was recorded before The Force Awakens opened. So you'll hear from the, the words that we use that we hadn't seen it yet and we were excited to see it. And uh, now both Jeff and I have seen this movie multiple times and I, I can say definitively for both of us, we enjoyed the movie. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, again, welcome to the very first episode of Force Ghosts. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message. Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. To rescue a beautiful princess. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too short for a stormtrooper. And defend the forces of freedom against the Death Star. Here they come. The winner of seven Academy Awards, the legendary Star Wars. Rated PG. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Now this podcast, as you heard in the preamble, was about Star Wars from the point of view of people who may have been around when the original run of movies were out there. The, the fans who have been fans for most of their lives. And uh, with me today, I have a actor, author, MMA enthusiast, experienced podcaster, and webmaster, Jeff Muller. Jeff, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself? First off, I feel like you just called me old. Uh, I don't know how I, I feel did. about that. Uh, I did, but everybody on here is going to be old, so don't sweat it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, so I mean, everything you said is true. I, I, I am an author. Um, I am a webmaster. I am a podcaster. You know, my website, thejerd.com, is all about... Geek and Nerd Fitness. There's a lot of Star Wars-based articles on there, actually. Uh, I also run a podcast myself. I'm a comic book enthusiast in my, my podcast, the Comic Corner Podcast, uh, you can find on iTunes. Cheap plug right there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been a Star Wars fan, man, since the first movie came out in theaters. it's It's been a long time, and it hurts thinking about just how long it's been. It really does hurt, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, there, for me, for these three generations of Star Wars fans, there there are generation, if you will. There's the uh, the prequel generation, the, those that are uh, got brought in by the prequels, or perhaps sure. the the people who had kids young, their 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 younglings, if you will, uh, had you know got them interested in it. And then there's this current generation, which the new movies are going to spawn. And this really is most people in our generation who had kids, perhaps a little later in life, their kids are now diving into it. And and I'm seeing it's it's funny to see these three tier three three tiers interact, and we're the only ones that have actually seen all three uh, to the to this point. Yeah. So that's that's part of the, the the deal with this podcast. I want to get through. I want to see how because we've seen the whole thing evolve from scratch to now. Uh, I mean, people who have you know in the second or third tiers there, they may not have seen. They don't understand as much. 
And, you know, we're old, so we think everybody has the same, you know, are entitled to our opinions. That's, uh, that's the deal. I, I am entitled to my opinion. Thank you very much. <laughs> See, I, get, I guess when you get to Jeff's age, you just know that everyone is entitled to your opinions. <sighs> it's all right. We're old. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, okay, so let's just throw, throw you Star Wars cred. Everybody's going to start with this at the beginning of this podcast. How many of these movies did you see in their original run? Questioning me on my nerd cred. All right, that's fine. I'll step up to the plate. I have no problem doing that at all because I saw the first Star Wars in its first run in a theater when I was five years old. Um, and I saw every other one in the theater as well multiple times. Um, I don't remember how many times I saw them, but I definitely saw Jedi at least two or three times in the theater. I think Empire at least twice. Yeah. So, so what are your first memories of the movies? Like, I mean, you're saying you're five years old when you saw the original Star Wars. Do you have many memories from back then? I have, I have two memories of, of seeing it. So my, my dad took me. It was the, in fact, I've got to be honest with you. I think it's the only movie I remember my father taking me to. Um, my mother wanted nothing to do with this movie. Uh, so my dad took me. And we saw it. It was late in the run. So it was already out of the bigger theaters. And it was in these, what we refer to as these little shoebox theaters, which were very right. tiny screens, not a lot of rows of seating. Um, I remember two things. One is my dad needed to read the scrolling text to me because <laughs> I, I couldn't keep up with it. Right. Uh, and I remember vividly covering my ears as the TIE fighters screamed across the screen because it was too loud for me. Right, that's, right. that's really all I remember of the theater experience. But I remember them very vividly because I think that was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. I have a very similar experience. I very first movie I ever did see was the original run of, of Star Wars. I unfortunately have zero memories. I have been given memories by my father, who also took me. Very similar story to yours. Nice. Apparently, at at, at two years old, which was my age, I was a little afraid of all the noise. So oh, I, yeah. was, I was literally hiding under the seat. So it's not a great. You know, I saw it in the first run story, but I I was there. I I, I was present, so I'll go with that. Uh, do you remember much about your Empire experience? I know you said uh, you you saw Jedi a couple times. It's hard to say because, and here's why: because I've seen these movies so many times. Um, specifically, Empire, which is my favorite of the trilogy. Uh, I, I can't I can't recall seeing them in the theater and thinking. Anything, you know, any particular memories? Oh, except for this, I do remember Jedi. I remember thinking, come on with the dancing Ewoks a little bit when I was in the theater. <laughs> uh, but but other than that, no. I mean, I remember, like I said, from from the first one, but I, I don't specifically remember Empire Jedi in the theater. Um, no, can't say I do. No, no, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's... it's We're old, man. Memory starts going. It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, for me, I have a lot more vivid memories of Empire because I have very few memories of... Um, mm -hmm. of or I have zero memories of the original one. I remember with the big reveal, and, and anyone who's listening to this better not know the, you know better not need spoilers on this. Oh my God, man! Spoiler alert! Come on, dude! Spoiler alert! It's like 30, 36 years, 35 years ago. Um, oh. when, when, I know, I know. When uh, when when Vader uh, uh, told the world that uh, he was Luke's father, I just remember going into utter shock because as much as I don't remember much about the fir the first movie in theaters, Star Wars was still my life going into watching yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Um, everybody in the neighborhood was just that was all we all talked about. It's all we ever played with it, uh, played with, and the toys. That was just my whole thing. And then when I heard "I am your father," I the first moment of shock I remember my entire life. 
I froze and I couldn't tell you for years afterwards what happened after that in the movie because I was in such shock. I remember the little bit where they're in the Millennium Falcon and, you know, Vader's calling out and Luke's like father and all that. And I just remember just going, what? That's confirmation. And I was completely blown away by it. But um, I and I just, ugh, that one froze my world. That was my first major Star Wars memory, to be frank. As much as I was playing the games and the toys with all the kids in the neighborhood, hearing that Luke, I am your father, just kind of locked me. And, and that was it for me. And, and I needed to have that resolved, which... You know, within Jedi, we, we were able to get that resolution. I actually saw Jedi when I was in Florida. The first time I was in Florida. I saw t- two of the movies premiered in Florida for me, hmm. uh, which is really... Episode 1, I just happened to be in Florida as well, which was kind of neat. But um, I, I, in, I saw Return of the Jedi in Florida, and that personally is my favorite, which is a very unpopular p- opinion in the uh, trilogy standpoint. Most people put Jedi last in the original three. Yep. But, um, and, and, and I get the points that they've been made to me many times over. But personally, I, that's my favorite. Um, but talk to me. I just talked a lot about how Star Wars influenced my life growing up. How did it influence you? Man, I. it's hard to say because everyone, everyone was Star Wars crazy when I was growing up. Like, I always laugh when I used to watch that show, uh, that 70s show, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and there, you know, Eric is, and he's always talking about Luke Skywalker and the Force, and his dad's always calling him a dumbass. But right. I mean, I remember that's how everyone was when those movies came out. It's true. At that time, it was a cultural phenomenon. Now, now, granted, yes, the prequels came out, and everyone Star Wars crazy again for a little bit, um, you know, at first. But it wasn't the same because since then. We had had more movies that had generated this kind of just cult fan buzz um, and really broken out. Like, you got to remember, Star Wars, when it first came out, was not well-reviewed. If you look at that original trailer, I don't even know why anyone saw it. Like, it was horrible. And just the actors weren't sure. Like, Alec Guinness hated the fact he was in it. You know, it just, it was, it was a huge risk on Lucas's part. And it paid off. But... When, when it caught on and it got its kind of hooks into people, just everyone knew it. And that that almost was a first, especially for young moviegoers. You know, you know, of course, there are other movies that everyone knew about. You have you have things like The Godfather, you know, which was kind of a cultural phenomenon or Deep Throat is another one, you know, with the, the first X movie that was shown in regular movie theaters and every adult seemed to know about it. But this spanned generations. This was kids and teens and adults and everyone knew about it. So it's it's hard to say how it influenced me. I just know that it did because I can't imagine my life without having Star Wars in it, without having Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. It's weird. I mean, I will say this. I mean, I know that Star Wars later in life influenced me to to look into other things like that was my window into Akira Kurosawa movies because I read somewhere that George Lucas based a lot of the plot on his movie Hidden Fortress. And so I went and I watched that and realized, oh yeah, those two characters really are the archetypes for C-3PO and R2-D2 and things like that. And then I started digging into his back catalog of movies and realizing, oh my God, I love this guy's movies and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I just know that without Star Wars, I'd be pretty boring. <laughs> like, like well, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would be because I was never Star Trek guy. Like, it was Star right. Wars was my thing, and just right. I, don't know. I just, yeah. 
it, it's it's weird. It's kind of been that one constant in my life now that it's come back that has always just been there. Mm-hmm. It, it you know you when I was first born it had just or launched it had just become a thing and you know I I don't really think George Lucas uh, so much took a risk but 20th Century Fox took a huge risk with this and and they in particular I mean they're like okay we'll give you a million dollars good luck and there's like okay well as long as I keep all the merchandising right we're fine and 20th Century is like okay sure whatever oh greatest deal of all time oh without but, a doubt. But I mean, any anyone in any studio would have taken that deal. Anyone, and it just happened to pay off, you know, in spades for 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 George, and that's awesome. But Star Wars clearly shaped the movie industry and how we move forward in the movie industry. It how- did. I mean, it sh- it shaped the movie industry. It shaped the toy industry. It shaped merchandising, cinema, toy tie-ins, all that stuff would not exist the way it does today, if it weren't for that first Star Wars movie. It's crazy. What do you think of the movie trilogy? Do you think things would be shot in trilogies now as they are almost universally if it wasn't for Star Wars, the original run? That's an interesting question. I've never really thought about that because it's not like that was the first trilogy. Um, But I, I I do think that the concept of planned trilogies probably you know star wars plays a big part in that yeah um but you know i don't know i don't know if someone else would have come along and done it anyway i don't know if if spielberg would have done it with raiders you know had you know lucas not done it with star wars who knows i don't know it, it's a tough one of the things i've thought about because i think most stel- storytellers want to tell the three-act play and that sure. is you know your hero has a monumental victory the heroes have a massive loss and then they overcome the loss and have the greatest victory of all time. That's a three-act play. It's been done for hundreds of years. So when you're building a story, it's easy to try to do all of that in one movie. But unfortunately, that's just too much to put into one movie. And, you know, you elongate it, you put it over three, and you can really tell your story right. But you have to have a studio willing to stick with you for at least three movies. And we all know if that first one crashes, you're not getting two or three, regardless of how good your story is. Or how right. well it ends. There's very few exceptions to that. Um, the prequels, perhaps, being one of those exceptions. As much as the prequels made a lot of money and did spawn a new generation of Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. they weren't really, in my opinion, anything to blow one's mind. And they, the, and if those came out first, I don't know if they would have, if the same sort of effect would have happened. Here's the thing about the pre man. This is touchy, touchy ground. I know. Mm. I. I didn't like the prequels. Right. But had I been 12 when the prequels came out, I'll bet you I'd have liked the prequels. So I'm, and and here's the thing. While I don't think that the prequels would have had the same cultural effect as Star Wars did, I can't say for sure. You know, where we look at the prequels through the eyes of moviegoers now, who honestly were jaded. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yes, ILM and, and Lucas Studios and all that did great stuff with the prequels. They look beautiful, mm-hmm. but they're not Star Wars. Everything's so clean and pristine looking and shiny. Whereas the first, you know, the first three were, were kind of rough and gritty and dirty. And there's a there's a disconnect there. But you really only notice that as a fan of the first three movies. It's hard to look at the prequels through the eyes of 
someone's seeing it for the first time. So I'm not going to be that guy that comes here and just takes a, a steaming crap all over the, the prequels, even though I didn't like them because I know a lot of kids that did, and I, and I can't fault that, you know? I, I've, when it comes to the prequels, I have a very specific opinion. I think that they needed to happen for a variety of reasons. Um, I think they were well cast, but I don't think the roles were right for the actors that played them. Uh, like, you look at the people who worked on the movies. You have Ian McGregor. I really like his work. Natalie Portman. I've always been a fan of her work. Um, Liam Neeson. Even I'll throw Hayden Christensen a bone. Hayden was not cast for that second movie. He was cast for the third movie. And of the three prequels, that was the one I enjoyed the most because he plays that angry, yeah. overly emotional, I you know, just takes over everything you are guy very well. He just doesn't play the love interest very well, in my opinion. Um, so it, it's just, it's one of those things that I think it needed to happen. And, and Katrina Dennis, who's a good friend of, of, I, well, both of ours, I think would be a fair thing to say. Um, she made a strong point to me that I never thought about it is if George had never made the first three movies in that time slot, he would have done it with the last three. And yeah, I think he just needed to get that digital cleanness you were talking about out of his system. He just needed to make it it's break. funny that you say that about the casting. As much as I love the original, the acting was rough, especially in that first oh, yeah. movie. It is, oh, yeah. it is rough. That is not that is not stellar Oscar worthy performances from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so. I, while I, I thought you know Hayden Christensen was just horrible, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault the guy for it because. Mark Hamill's performance was horrible, but we loved the character so much, yeah. we looked past it. Hayden Christensen is playing a reprehensible character that we know, we already have the predisposed notion that we are going to dislike him because of who he ultimately becomes. So right. you at, you layer on top of that his just wooden acting, and man, of course, it was a field day for people to just crush the dude. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think that people give the prequels just an unfair, you know, rap. It's, it's just not fair. Um, there, there are obviously issues with it, but there are issues with the original three too. We yeah. just, we just look, look over it. The prequels, people wanted the experience they had with the original three movies with the prequels and they didn't mm-hmm. get it. And because of that, and that fact alone, the hatred spawned. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think that often it's, it's unfair but um, if even now when I take a step back, I can see things I like in all of the movies if I'm looking at them empirically. But they all have major faults, and you're absolutely oh, correct. hands down. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, some of the greatest parts about the original Star Wars is all the absolutely terrible acting. Or not – well, not, not so much acting, but editing mistakes that you can constantly see. Sure. Like you see a guy standing in the background in shots. You see Stormtrooper smoking his head on, on when he walks into the detention room. You know, there's just so many of those things that actually give character to the movie um, that we weren't willing to accept in the clean version in the digital universe that the prequels gave us because it was supposed to be so technical. Uh, and, and they really didn't exist because they were so technical and it loses some of its charm. Uh, now, I know there's some other fandoms that you've been swept up into in your life. Um, do you Have you... Do you deeply consider these fandoms you've been swept into really the core of who you are? Um, hmm. That is a really good question that I am not completely prepared to answer. So let me see. Uh, I do not consider myself 
I don't consider myself a fanboy. I don't get super excited about anything. I do consider myself a fanboy of genres. So, like I said originally, you know, at the at the start of the podcast, you know, I run a comic book podcast. Comic books to me are my my fandom that have kind of shaped shaped me. My my views on right and wrong and morality and things like that. I honestly think came from comic books. You know, people will tell me I have an over just just my 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 feelings of what is right and wrong and fairness and justice are a little I don't know over the top I've been told sometimes. And I think that comes from just diving into comic books so much as a kid. But in terms of specific comic books or specific movie franchises or specific TV shows, while I'm a fa- I, I am a fan, I'm always a fan at an arm's length. Let me, let me say that, if that makes any sense. Are you afraid to be wrapped up too much in a fandom? Do you think you'll lose yourself or it's just no, you? No, it's just, I mean, I love stuff. I mean, there's stuff I love. If I didn't know internet fandom the way I knew it, I would define myself as a fan of things. But I've seen actual internet fandom over things and I am not that fan. So I'm not going to I'm not going to identify myself with the people that go out. I will never be the guy that gets a Star Wars tattoo. I'm never going to be the guy who stands in line, you know, 3 days before Star Wars opens and camps out so I can be the first person in there. I'm never going to be that guy. It's just not who I am. I love that stuff, but I'm also willing to wait a day or two for the for the hubbub to die down before I before I dive in and get my piece. No, I, 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 as much as I am, a, I consider it my biggest fandom. I'm very similar in that regard. Like my, my wife called me one day. She goes, "Well, have you bought like last or a couple weeks ago? Have you bought tickets to the new movie yet?" I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm gonna get them a little later." And she's like, "Well, you know, my coworker just went. And she couldn't get tickets, and she got the last ones on the second day. And if you really want to see it, you should go." And I'm like, "Look, first of all, I'm not subjecting you to opening night of the Star Wars." Movie. Oh hell no! I'm too old for I, that. <laughs> yeah, I have done it. I I can enjoy it, but you. No. And even for me, probably not so much anymore. Uh, so we'll go on the second night. And I, I, I got tickets for that second night. No problem. Things are good. But it was, it was funny that she knows how much this meant to me and, and how important it was to me and was like, you really need to do this. And I'm like, no, I can take a step back right now. Right, and, right. And, and perhaps that's age. I mean, when I remember when the uh, special editions were re-released in the theaters, I was living with a guy at the time and, and, and he was very much into uh, the Star Wars world as much as I was. He's like, oh, here's the best place in the city and we need to go opening night and we have to do all these things. I was, I was like, okay, I'll come along for the ride. But left to my own devices, I wouldn't have been the person to organize that. Uh, that being said, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I had a great time. Sure. I, I did understand that I love the, the movies in a way differently than a lot of the people that show up on that opening night uh, where it's like it's unabashed, it's literally i'm gonna say perhaps sliding to the unhealthy side of things um you know sure. and i get and, it but everybody can enjoy the fandom however they so so wanted to enjoy them is, is the way i see it yeah i mean i just i never got that Beatlemania for for anything to where i'm just oh my god you know i think the last movie i went to opening night was the first lord of the rings movie because I'm a huge Tolkien fan, and you know those books meant everything to me, and I was waiting for that movie to come out, and I and I did opening night, and I was like, I'm never doing this nonsense again. If I if 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 I run into one more person in a Frodo costume with his nasty, grimy feet 
where I'm like, how are you barefoot in a movie theater? It drove, drove me insane. I'm like, this is so disgusting. I don't know how, I don't know how they did it. But yeah, that was the last time I went opening night to anything. I, I'm not doing it. I haven't got my tickets yet. I'll, I'll go to a matinee probably Tuesday or Wednesday after it opens because I want to avoid spoilers and I don't want to have to avoid the internet for more than a couple of days. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to go crazy and stand in the lines. That's just not who I am as a fan. Right. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I wasn't going to be rushing to the polls either. But if somebody spoils this movie for me, I want to punch them in the face. I'll be oh, flat I'll out honest. I, I'll, like, I'll murder someone. It, it's pretty bad. It, and I just... I, that is the reason why I'm going on the Friday night is, is I'm very similar to you. I, I would let for the weekend to die down, wait for people to go start seeing it their second, their third times, the real big fanboys, And then I would like to walk in. With that being said, if some, I can't have this spoiled for me and there's only so long that I can stay off the internet because I am so deeply entrenched in star Wars things online that it would drop. Like if there's any, I am your father's dropped in this movie, I'll, I would have to know about it. I can give the internet one day. That is, that is my my thing. I can give internet on Star Wars one day. Trying to keep off the spoilers right now. Oh my god, it, I don't understand why people want to talk plot about this movie. If if it's not in the trailers, I don't want to see it. Period. End of story. And I don't get why people dive so deeply into that's, spoilers for these things. That's just internet culture right now, and it drives me nuts as well. I, I have the same issue, whether it's Star Wars or Batman v Superman or any of these other movies that people are just Suicide Squad or whatever, that people are just they're falling all over themselves to try and figure it out ahead of time. I guess it gives you some sort of weird sense of accomplishment if you kind of can figure it out before you see it. It proves that you're you're smart and you understand the source material and gives you some sort of nerd cred, but Shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to read it either, you know? No, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, I don't want to shut down my avenues of information because some of these people can't control themselves. Like, just, exactly. just take it down, Just take it down a notch. Um, all right, so we're going to dive in a little bit to the, the books, the video games, and we're going to talk more about you know what you expect to see in the in the new movies upcoming. Okay. Uh, did you ever read into the Star Wars books universe, the Legends universe at all? I didn't. So here's here's what I read, and again, it's going to date me as being old. I, I read the original Marvel Star Wars comic when it came out. Um, loved those. Absolutely right. loved them. Um, and I'm reading some of the comics that are coming out now that Marvel's putting out, which I think also are the ones that I'm reading at least are fantastic. I'm reading Darth Vader and Chewbacca. I've, I've kind of avoided Lando, Leia, and, and this main Star Wars title for different reasons. Um, right. But I, I, I love... I, I love those two. Um, but yeah, I never got into the whole extended universe. I know a lot of my friends do and they start talking, you know, there's a point where my brain shuts down. Like, have you ever seen that movie fanboys? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's that trivia con that, that infamous trivia contest, you know, where, with the, the, with, with the head of bleeding cool news is, is yeah. beating the crap out of the guys and making him answer these obscure star Wars trivia questions. And I'm looking at the screen going, yep, I would fail at all of these. But I know all my friends who were just popping answers out left and right when they saw that. You know, it just, it just wasn't me. The extended universe didn't appeal to me. I wanted to see it on the big screen. I didn't want to read about it. See, the extended universe, some of it I thought was outstanding. And I could definitely give a short list for anyone who wants to wade in on the books, be it the, Le sorry, the Legends universe, which is what it's now referred to as. Mm. I mean, the Thrawn trilogy is one that I would say everybody should, if you want to pick up a book to, you know, a trilogy to read, that one is really solid. I, It's the one that you'll hear the most that now that everything's becoming recanonized, that they're kind of hoping they bring those in because they were so very good. Uh, most of the rest of it, frankly, eh, 
You know, and, and my favorite character that they introduced in Legends of the Universe, who's uh, named Callista, I could even accept her never being in the universe. With that being said, that would be the one book series I would read. Now, as for the comics, um, one of your choices was great. Darth Vader is an absolutely oh, fantastic, outstanding comic, and, and another one that I that I'd even put above that is the Shattered Empire uh, series, which is just a short little four four book series. Hmm. Chewbacca, on the other hand, and we can talk a bit about this. You're a comic guy. I am. In my opinion, is absolutely terrible. I will reach the internet and slap you. Um, no, that's fine. You're, you're, you're welcome. To your opinion. I love Phil Noto's art. I the art is gorgeous. I don't care what happens in that book as long as I okay. get to see Phil Noto paint every single panel. Um, and that's fair. That's fair. It's I just can get gorgeous. your point of view now. It's absolutely gorgeous. I will um, totally give you that. And that's why I didn't get. That's why I wasn't a fan of. And I know they've now put Stuart Eminen on art on the main Star Wars book. But the first couple issues, I, I read the first two and went, man, Marvel, you are failing because you put a mediocre artist on a title that should be your flagship Star Wars title. And I right. wasn't feeling the art and I dropped it. Um, it's a visual medium. So I immediately gravitate to artist first, writing second. No, and that makes sense to me. I mean, almost everyone I know that, that reads Chewbacca gives the exact same opinion. The art is gorgeous. And it uh -huh. is. It really is. Story is very weak. But uh, Vader's got both. And that's why I uh, think that Vader's that comic so good. It's such an amazing comic, and uh, and I'm looking forward to Vader Down, the, the the one that they keep teasing, the miniseries getting ready to come out. That's going to be uh, that's going to be pretty epic. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really jazzed about this Star Wars comics right now. They're pretty solid, must admit. Um, now the video games, uh, I'm not quite sure. You, do you play the video games at all? I don't. Well, all right. Let me let me say this. I don't play any of them now. Um, I did try the MMO. The what was it? Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yes. Or I, the, the the one that's still up and running barely yeah yeah um was not was not impressed at all with it um i got in on a free-to-play weekend tried it a couple times servers were all dead it was empty i was like ah this isn't for me um but again i i don't know in the, when there's source material that i love i'm a weird person in that i don't like video games of that material so like I said, I love Lord of the Rings. I can't stand any of the Lord of the Rings games. They're just for some reason, I, I I love the story. I love seeing it on the screen. I love reading it in a book. But I don't want to interactively play in that world. Unless it's something completely derivative, like, for instance, Shadows of Mordor or something like that, where it's right. set in the same world, but you don't encounter any of the main characters. You just It's just this odd you know, avenue into that world. Those I'm okay with. But yeah, the Star Wars games never really caught my eye. I get what you mean. I mean, if someone says to me, okay, you're going to play in the Star Wars universe in a video game and you are Luke Skywalker, go. I'm like, I'm not Luke Skywalker. That's, now, that's not how I participate in this world. Luke does Luke's things. Vader does Vader's things. You want me to be some random guy that's in the same kind of world and I can see them doing what they're doing? I can be that guy. Sure. But, but I'm not going to actively drive a story. That's not something that's in for me. That's, that's what movies are for. That's what that medium is for. Uh, I like to immerse myself within the world and perhaps have the ability to experience the same sort of things as a character does without being that character. And so I can, I, I think I get your point if that's kind of where, where yeah, you're... for the most part. I mean, if I'm in a the thing, the things that I hate the most is when I'm playing a video game that's based on a, on a existing property and a main character from that property shows up and gives some horribly voice acted, you know, cut scene or something like that. It's just, I'm like, oh God, no, why, why, why? 
you know, it just, it doesn't do it for me. But if I'm playing a game and through some sort of rumor system or whatever, you hear about events from the main movie or things like that, I'm okay with that. Um, but I tend to, I just tend to just out of my nature, avoid most video games based on properties that I really love. Yeah, it's, I have played about every Star Wars video game there and there has oh, been. Okay. And some of them have sucked and I'm not going to say that they haven't. Uh, there, there are three that jump out more than others to me. Uh, the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter game, which you literally are just an X-Wing pilot or a TIE Fighter pilot. And you go and you fly missions. It was incredibly revolutionary. It's pretty much a flight simulator in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and it, it was dynamic enough where you, if you gave yourself like one of those flying yoke joysticks, you're not sitting there like this trying to land a plane like the original flight simulator like you're very interactive you're very much involved with it and that was something i really appreciated about that series they did they did an x-wing they did a tie fighter and then they did x versus tie which pretty much brought the best of the first two games in so that is one that i've always been a big fan of uh the original mmo that launched star wars galaxies i chose to play instead of world of warcraft which kind of speaks to volumes of my dedication. Wow, okay. mm -hmm. Because I will say to anyone who hears me, World of Warcraft is the best video game that's ever been made. Personally, I believe that. I'm not playing it for pretty much that exact reason, because I won't stop playing it. With that being said, I chose Galaxies over it originally, and I loved that game on launch. I thought it was outstanding. Where it went bad is that they had this great hook. It's like anyone who plays could be a Jedi, but we're not going to tell you how it happens. So you have to play and figure it out. And, but everybody has the ability to. And it came out that it was profession-based. You had to master three professions that were randomly chosen when you started. And as soon as that came out, that was the formula, everybody went insane. Because they're basically saying to get what everybody right, wants, right, right. you have to randomly hit one of 30, you know, three of 30 professions and you have to hit all three of them. And it would take you months to master one. So it was, it was absolutely terrible that um that that ended up being formula but i also do like that game that you mentioned star wars the old republic but i will completely say i understand what you mean that you walked into it and nobody was there because <laughs> it had it had about a year and a half where nobody played that game that it should have died it had a renaissance when they made it free to play period some people would just jump in and just you know futz around with it a bit and they just came out with an expansion right now that has drawn a whole bunch of players back into the game um, that you know, with that being said, I can understand what people draw drew away from that game. I liked that game a lot, right? But, right. The, but the people I know liked, a lot of people that did, it, and yeah. it just wasn't for me. Um, and it's funny, not, it took me a minute to jog my memory. I did play an obscene amount of one of the video games, uh, and this is probably a lot of people listening won't even know what I'm talking about when I say in an arcade <laughs> they had a giant uh, arcade game. It came out in 1983. It was Star Wars the. Uh, the, the video game where you flew yeah. a TIE fight or you flew an X-Wing and you assaulted yeah. the Death Star and it was yeah. these 3D color vector graphics and whatever. I, I man, I probably could have bought a house for <laughs> as much money as I dropped into that game. You know, every summer we would go down the beach and every summer that game would be sitting there in the arcade and at night I would just go just drop quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter just destroying the Death Star over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a long time ago <laughs> in for a galaxy who, far, far for, away. <laughs> for those who need translation, video games used to only cost one quarter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I think I've, I've, I've assisted a few people's college educations with my, my, my old quarter addiction to video games as well. 
Um, but yeah, the, the the other game, the Knights of the Old Republic, was the other one. Um, the oh, I've heard game. I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, and, and that that one's a really solid game that most people do go back to that one. It had a strong story. Uh, again, very peripheral a- access to the main characters, which I think is essential in doing these things. Um, and yeah, so that is that. Now, let's dive into your knowledge or your opinions of what's going on into these new movies. Like, this isn't just three movies that we're getting for um, the the Star Wars kind of main universe. We're getting Rogue One. We're getting, um, you know, some of these Mandalorian toss-offs. There's lots of titles to come up. I don't know them all. You probably haven't heard of half of these. Uh, I'll tell you one. Uh, Rogue One has Alan Tudyk in it, just to give you a heads up. Oh, nice. So that's someone I know we both enjoy. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of what's going to be happening in The Force Awakens and, and the main titles afterwards? All I really can say about The Force Awakens... That, now, now, granted, there is an art form to trailers. And I, I am a sucker for a good trailer. In fact, it, it, my dream job is, is being... Someone I don't even know the name of the, the guy who creates the damn trailers. Like you I could be the voice on the trailer. You have I, the voice. I don't want to be the voice. I want to be the guy that cuts. <laughs> I want to be the guy that cuts them and scores them because whoever did the Force Awakens trailer is a master of that craft, and I want to yeah. study under them uh, like some yeah. old Japanese movie where I sit in front of the sit in front of the temple for a month until he lets me in and to touch the sound and editing board. Um, it it evoked such. It surprised me how hard it hit me. Um, Me too. Me too. I'll be honest. Everything from just the the John Williams score to just uh, just everything was picture perfect. It hit every note perfectly. I tugged at my heartstrings. It looked exactly like what I wanted it to look like. You know, I didn't immediately go, oh, no, it's a prequel. (laughs) You know, like I I was like, this is dirty. It's gritty. It looks updated, but it still looks in line with what we saw before. And I just, I know I'm going to see it multiple times in the theater. I feel yeah. that coming. Mm-hmm. I, I have faith and I know a lot of people, a lot of people bust JJ Abrams balls, but I, I have faith that this is going to be without a doubt true to the material. I, I don't picture him going crazy off script. I think he has a reverence for the source material. Like pretty much everyone our age does. Um, the fact that he went back to practical effects just does my yeah. heart such good. Um, the fact that for the most part, the cast is unknowns, which I love. Um, I, I just, everything about it speaks to me and it made me feel like a kid again. I, we just went, my, my wife and I just went to see a movie the other night and uh, we went to sing Crimson Peak. And okay. Before it, the Star Wars trailer played. I wasn't expecting it. And it played. And it was the first time I saw the full trailer on the giant screen. Right. And I just, I don't think I breathed. I don't think I took a breath. Like, I just sat there pressed back into my seat, mouth agape, just tears welling up in my eyes. Like, that's how happy I was to see something that reminded me of what it felt like when I was five years old in a theater, just in awe of what I saw on the screen. So... I am. I'm all in, baby. I I cannot wait. It's 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 pretty amazing. Like I I mean, when the trailer, the first the teaser trailer dropped, I was you know I knew it was coming, and I and I and I watched it, and I was just kind of like, I should mm-hmm. not be feeling like this. This mm-hmm. is a teaser. This is too much for a teaser. How am I feeling emotions on a teaser? This is crazy. 
And then, you know, when the full trailer came out, I, you're right. I, it, it may be the best trailer I've ever seen. I had the same kind of emotional reaction to it. They had everything. They had, the, the emotional response was there. The grittiness was there. Um, if you want to even go here, I loved seeing the diversity that I saw in the trailer. I, you know, it's not just a bunch of white English guys and, and, and you know, Billy D. Williams in this movie. So um, there's just a lot that it hit the right notes with. And I think they hit them for everybody. And, and the score itself is, oh, I could just, I could just down. listen to the trailer and that would have had the same thing. Yeah. Because, because he yeah, just we, has, it hands down. He had notes of the, of the themes that we all know from yes. all the different stuff and they were put in there perfectly. And I, 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 I really appreciate the grittiness, the fact that this is war. This isn't nice. This isn't, you know, we're all going to hold hands and everything will be okay. This is harsh. And this is what we need. And, and let me tell you something. What I really appreciate about, that, about this trailer is I still don't know what the fuck this movie right. is about. And the fact right. that we only got two two teasers and a full trailer, and that's it. And they're cutting it off, and we got to wait until the movie. Thank God, because I am tired of seeing basically half of a movie by the time it comes out from the 50 million different teasers, the teaser of the teaser, and the pre-teaser to the post-teaser, to the trailer, to the pre-trailer, to the post-trailer, to the mega-trailer, to the fan-cut trailer. I, I can't take it. This is the way to do it, and it makes me want to see the movie more. I mean, you got you got the second build character, Mark Hamill. We haven't seen him. Nope. We don't, we, he's not on the poster. Nope. Could you have done anything better than that? Honestly? No, no it's genius. It's absolutely genius. I, and I'm, I'm not going to get into all the theories that are out right. there of what's going on. Cause I don't care. Exactly. I don't care what happens. I'm just happy. Hey, uh, there's a couple things that make me happy. I'm happy that for the most part, they're all back. Yeah. I'm happy. And this is a strange thing to say, I guess, but I'm happy that Harrison Ford is happy with the movie because he he's been a record for years of being salty over yeah. his Han Solo past. Not only is he on board, not only did he get injured and come back to the set and finish filming, mm-hmm. but he's actually saying that he thinks it's an amazing script and he's kind of a cantankerous old bastard now. So really I mean, that made me feel really good. I just, yeah. the whole, the whole thing just, I'm just, yeah, man, I, I can't wait. All right, Jeff, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, <laughs> some of your uh, acting that you've done, some of the books you've written, and your love of MMA. Oh, dear Lord, we're, we're, switching, we're switching gears here. Okay. Yeah, Full I gear can, switch. I could do that. I could talk about myself for a minute. That's fine. There um, you go. So I, I did write a book. Uh, it's actually three, three books. Uh, it's a three-book series called The Hero's Transformation Guide, which is my way to help people learn how to eat right, get fit, be stronger, all in a fun and engaging way there's a lot of there's a lot of star wars jokes in there a lot of batman jokes in there um i think it's the most entertaining book on fitness that anyone's ever written of course i think that because i wrote it uh but yet and that's available on the jerd.com uh which is the website that i just keep plugging because i'm shameless that way um no, keep plugging away man <laughs> i i do do a little acting you know it's rough um i i host a show called decoding mythos which is actually a talk show um Kind of a companion show to to a series called Shotgun Mythos, which is in its uh, first season run right now. I'm also gearing up to do some other stuff. I'm doing some fun and stunt choreography, fight and stunt choreography for the second season of uh, Shotgun Mythos. Um, and I also am, have some projects I can't really talk about right now, but there's a web series and a movie that are kind of in pre-production right now that I'm supposedly 
starring in. We're going to see how that <laughs> pans out in, in the world of indie film and web productions. You never know until it actually hit, hits the air. But uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to be just I, I'm aspiring to be as rough around the edges as young Mark Hamill was in A New Hope. <laughs> like that's my that's my goal. Just don't whine. That's all we ask. No if whining. I can whine about Tashi Station, I will. You know, I'm, like, I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's the sort of stuff that I do in my spare time is as little of it as I have, you know. And, and of course, reading comics and podcasting, I man, that's that's my life. And choking people out. I, of course, always choking. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a, is a thing that I love to do. Um, it keeps me healthy, and it's good to work out the aggression that uh, builds up in me after reading the internet all day if I can go choke people safely. So, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing I like to I wish I could. If only I could master the force choke. If only I could Darth Vader force choke people. Oh, <laughs> not only would I not have to be in shape anymore, I could just sit on my couch and just end fools that anger me. But, man, oh, if only. If only. <laughs> so where can pe- so where can people find you on that crazy jungle called the internet? Oh my god, you can find me so many places. So of course on Twitter, you can find me at the Mighty Jerd. Um, you can find me at thejerd.com. That's J E R D. That's Jock and Nerd, kind of squished together there. Um, the Comic Corner uh, is the podcast that I run. You can find that on iTunes as well as on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you can find the the Mighty Jerd on Facebook as well as my Facebook fan page. Um, yeah, so all those places you can find me anytime anyone wants to talk about comic books or Star Wars or fitness or nutrition or just whatever, reach out. I'm, I'm happy to chat with people. I love it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, and he's 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 not spitballing. He, I, he's I've had these conversations with Jeff. Jeff's a good friend of mine, and and uh, he like he genuinely likes to talk with people. He genuinely likes to help people. So check him out. Check out his stuff. And that wraps our first episode here of Force Ghosts. I want to thank Jeff Muller for joining me here today. And until next time, guys, may the Force be with you.